We're in Romans chapter 2. I'm sorry for going over one. Uh, we have a lot of announcements. Our time is kind of dwindling already. And two, I'm telling you, I'm going to go over. Chapter 2 is considered by most the hardest chapter. I'll tell you why I don't think so. And you say, that's because you're so intelligent, Adam. Well, that's evident, but I mean, besides that... I'm, I'm joking. I really am joking. Besides that, I, real, I think I realize what chapter 2 is all about. Let's pray before we jump in, shall we? Lord, we beseech your blessing on a time. It's your word. and We, we want to know it. We want to do it justice. Not perfectly, Lord. I'm a mere mortal. And what I'm holding in my, in my hand here, what's open before me is supernatural. So I pray that the Spirit of God will supernaturally infuse us with knowledge. We want to be diligent in our studies and our, in our attention to your word. But Lord, do a miraculous work and open it to us in a way that only you can do. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Romans 2, ch- toughest chapter, most people think so. But it's going somewhere, and it's going to chapter 3, verses 19 and 20. You can open there. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may be guilty before God. I have said, we've got to get them lost, and this isn't original with me, somebody else said and I copied it. We've got to get them lost before we can get them saved. Verse 20, therefore by the deeds of the law there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. That is where we're headed. That's what Paul's making his case. And if we understand that, and we understand where we're headed, the steps that we're taking to get there kind of make more sense. And if we look at chapter 2 in that light, it's very helpful. And some of these verses that are troubling are not so troubling. Or less troubling. Can I put it that way? Chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that, art that judgest. For when, when thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest doest the same things. Okay, here we're looking at chapter 1. There's only basically four, and he touches all four forms of wrong theology. And you say, well, there's a lot more than that. With minor tweaking, all the groups can be put into these four categories. First was paganism. Does that tend towards righteousness? No, it, tend to, it tends towards the lust of the flesh. And we saw that, God giving them up for vile affections. Paganism does not lead towards righteousness. It leads towards, well, idolatry and then depraved, wicked sexual activities and that's what it's saying and the and how it plays out is verses 29 uh, 30 and 31 and there's a whole list of vices sins wickedness ungodliness there we covered that last week we don't have to cover it again now chapter 2 introduces us to the second of the four and that's the man who is he's a we'll call him a moralist he says there's right and wrong, and, and he's, therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever that the judges. If you're not living up to his or her expectations, 
you're wrong. See, I wish I could find an example of this. Ah, Facebook, CNN, woke politics. This is right, and if you're not doing this, now the judgmentalism comes. You're a hater, a whatever hyphen phobe, uh, a, a racist, a uh, 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 a Hitlerian uh, Nazi, and and on and on it goes. Well, the pers- the people who do that, not only are they morally incorrect, okay, and we'll we'll see that, but there is a, eth- a code of ethics. There is right and there is wrong. Once you say that, you're saying that there's a code that people are supposed to live by, and if they're not living by it. They, they deserve shunning or name-calling or whatever penalty box. Uh, they didn't say what everyone says, it, so we're going to put them in YouTube purgatory. We're going to ban them from Facebook, give, strike one, three strikes, you're out forever. Uh, we're going to pay whatever, they're going to pay whatever penalty we say is necessary for them to pay. Well, this has always been, okay, before Facebook, before Electronic Age, before uh, social platforms, before anything, there was always this. There were people who, this is right, this is wrong. And I always thought, it was kind of funny to me, a lot of these people uh, believe in the Big Bang Theory and evolution. First there was nothing, then it exploded. Okay, that's science, right? Yeah, it's in the science books. Okay. Once upon a time, <laughs> in a universe far, far away, it's a, it's a fairy tale to me, but anyway, how would you come up with, from that Big Bang, any right and any wrong? I, listen, listen, there are things that are right and wrong. Is racism, go, go like this or go like this, okay? So I'll know that you're with me. Is racism wrong? Absolutely. Why? Because there's a God who is creator, and he has created the human race. And after that, there's only one race. We talk about races. No, there's just genetics. That's all it is, okay? Some people have a darker complexion. Some people have lighter. That's all it is. Uh, people say uh, you shouldn't marry uh, in between the races. And I'm thinking, what verse are you looking at? And there's only one. This is the human race. Uh, you shouldn't marry interspecies, I'll, I'll give you that, okay? But as far as race, you know, well, we have someone here, uh, and they're uh, dark-complected. We have somebody here, they're light-complected. And they should never, ever get married. Why? Because they would produce half-breeds. I don't know what verse you're looking at. Half-breed of what? It's human and human. And they bring different genetics, I, I get that. And I think that's scripturally fine well we can say that because we're going after a uh, we're looking at verses we're looking at a god who loves everybody uh listen did you not pay attention when you were back in sunday school when you were in the third grade jesus loves the little children all the little children of the world red and yellow black and white they are precious in his sight does he play favorites um no and technically we're not really red yellow black or white look i'll show you white okay this is not, you know what I mean? Uh, same if you got black skin. You're not, no, I, I know what black looks like. We're not, well, we have different shades of brown. 
And that's kind of all it is. How much melanin do you have? That's the whole thing. We can say racism is wrong and we can affirm that it's wrong because we have a Bible. If there was a big explosion, how is anything right? How is anything wrong? Have you thought that? So once you start in with, okay, this is what's right and this is what's wrong, you, you've set up right and wrong. And then you become, you're in the universe where there's right and wrong. And this is what he's talking about. You judge someone else and you're condemning yourself for thou that judges doeth the same things. Of course that is the way it is. Of course that's the way it is. Um, we, none of us live by our standard of righteousness. No matter whatever you say is right, whatever you say is wrong, you're going to do some of the things that you say are wrong. That's how it works. And it always works that way. Again, we're headed to chapter 3, verse 19 and 20. Everyone condemn before God. We are sure, verse 2, that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. By the way, God isn't, his judgment is according to truth. It's not according to Facebook or CNN or popular polls or 51% of what America thinks. He, he's not, gee, I wonder what's right and what's wrong. I wonder what's trending today. And so God opens his TikTok app. Can you imagine such a thing? God knows what's right, and God knows what's wrong, and he never changes. And if we find ourselves at odds with God, guess who's wrong? Well, God, he's going to change with the times. Uh, how can I say this? No. No. The times change. People change. God doesn't change. I like that about him. What used to be wrong is still wrong. What used to be right with God is still right with God. And God judges according to truth against them with, which commit such things. The judgmental people. The, 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 the people who uh, are moralists. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judges them which do such things, and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? How's that work? Well, we know that... Murder is wrong. But I, I haven't killed, I, and maybe I committed murder, especially when you look in light of uh, Matthew chapter 5, when it talks about those who are, are angry are, are worthy of the judgment. You know, it, you know the part I'm talking about, it, it talks about, um, it, it's interesting to me, it talks about lust and anger. I think like, what, he's indicting all mankind because all the guys I know, their problems, their biggest problems are lust and anger. And so he hits the nail on the head and says, yeah, if you, if you lust, forget about adultery. You're even a lust guy. You've got adultery in your heart. Uh, if you're not, okay, I haven't murdered, but uh, we all wanted somebody dead at one point. We all wanted to murder somebody at, at one point. Maybe we didn't carry it out. By the way, that's good, that's commendable, keep, keep up the good work, but that doesn't make us not murderers, according to Jesus Christ, does it? And so that's how it works. Uh, we say that murder is wrong, but we want somebody dead at some point. We say adultery is wrong, but we look over somebody and say, wouldn't it be nice to, no, no, well, except me, of course, because, well, Susan will see this lady, you understand, right? Uh, that's how it is with, with mankind. I don't know if it works the same with women. I, I don't know. I've never been a woman. I, I, I don't know. But I know with men, and, we, and my brothers and me, we have these discussions. 
And we, we try to clamp down on those things which are anti-God. We say they're wrong, but we do the things that we know are wrong. And he's saying, you think you're going to escape judgment? The answer is, uh, no. Or, do you despise the riches of his goodness and forbearance? Patience is the idea. And long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads thee to repentance. Do you despise? You know what? I, I talk to people sometimes and they're like, hey, uh, I don't think God's upset with me. Me and him, we're like, are you kidding me? You know, the man upstairs and me, we're real tight. He's blessing my business. He's blessing my relationships. I know, you know, I'm not living the way that it says so in the Bible, but, you know, God's been good to me. You just, because he's good. Because the goodness of God leads thee to repentance. Or it should. This is how it is. God wants to bless you into his kingdom. I, I, I'm making no bones about that. He want, you, you ever pray for somebody and you're like, God, you know, give them a sense of yourself. Give them a sense of shame. Of, of, and what happens? Their business takes off and they're doing great. Their relationships look great. They look like they have the Midas touch. Everything they touch turns to prosperity. That's just God being God. He loves to bless. He's good. And that, you know what happens though? Very often it doesn't work. As a matter of fact, if we're honest, most often it doesn't work. Is that how you came into the kingdom? He wants you to. The goodness of God leads you to repentance, or should, but it very often doesn't. Then what happens? Plague, famine, pestilence, trouble, strife. Things start going sideways. Your life goes all discombobulated. Your wife is thinking about leaving you. Uh, and then we call out to God. And then when through the crazy, then we, we trust, start trusting the Lord. We need him then, and we start calling out to him. He wanted to bless us into the kingdom. Uh, so that's kind of how it happens. But we're despising his riches, uh, his goodness, his forbearance, his long-suffering. Uh, we, we keep on with our sin. We keep on with our sin. And we keep on with our sin. And he's saying, yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. You, you're not, God's not blessing you. You're just running out of time. You're running out of real estate. He'll come down on you. Uh, but after thy hardness and impenitent heart, treasurest up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. And by the way, God's judgments are righteous. Uh, America's aren't. I don't think any countries are. God's are. It's according to truth. It's according to righteous. righteousness. His righteousness. His sense of what's right and what's wrong. And you're, you're, you're hard-hearted, you're impenitent, and, impenitent, you're treasuring up unto yourself wrath against the day of wrath. Now, we can explain that all out, but it is just what you think it would be. And it, I don't want to be in those shoes. It, I don't want to be standing in that line. It doesn't sound pleasant at all. God's judgment is according to righteous, righteousness. Who will render to every man according to his deeds? And now some people say, bring it! I'm a good guy. God's going to bless me. He'll see that I'm a good guy. You you don't understand God's goodness and you don't understand your miserable sinfulness if you say like that. If you think that, you know, it, when God judges me, I'm going to come out okay. I, I won't want to be judged according to my deeds on my best day. I want, wouldn't want to be judged according to my deeds on my best day. Never mind my worst day. We won't talk about that, okay? We won't even go there. 
To them, this is a controversial verse, to them who by patient continuance and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath. Two people, two categories, two results. If you're in the first category, to them who by patient continuance and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. Wait a second, is there a disconnect here? Uh, so some say, one, that's an impossible category. There's no one who does that. I would agree with them, chapter 3, verse 10. I taught this wrong in the past. Verse, chapter 3, verse 10, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Now, verse 2 gives us, uh, back to chapter 2, it gives us that person who is doing well, seeking after God. To them who by patient continuance and well-doing, well, who's that? There's none righteous, no, not one. I think he's set, setting it up so you, you understand the impossibility. You're not that person, and I'm not that person. But unto them, and I think we all fit in this category, verse 8, but unto them that are contentious, do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness. What's the result? Indignation and wrath. God's very upset with you, and the wrath of God will fall on you. And me. Again, nobody escapes. He's drawing a net. He's closing. He's hemming it in on all sides. Oh, you think you're okay? Not so much. Well, I'm a good person. Uh, no, you're not. Uh, and he's... He, again, he's getting us lost before he can get us saved. Now, if you go away thinking, well, I'm going to hell, there's a, there's a gospel, there's a happy part to all this. We just haven't got there yet. We're still in the condemnation. We're getting everybody in the same bag of unrighteousness. Uh, tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil, of the Jew first and also of the Gentile. Who's that? It's everybody and includes everybody. But glory, honor, and peace to every man that worketh good, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. Who's that? Well, according to chapter 3, verse 10, nobody. I don't think the Bible's schizophrenic. So why is he putting something in front of us that's impossible? Because that's how it works. Uh, the rich young ruler, hey, good master, what can I do to inherit eternal life? Do inherit eternal life? By the way, you don't inherit and do. Those are mutually exclusive anyway, in the natural. Uh, I get inheritance by virtue of who I am, who my parents are or were. Okay, but I want to inherit eternal life, and I'm going to do? Well, okay, do the commandments, Jesus says. Why does he do that? He knows that the guy isn't going to be able to measure up. That's the point. That's what the law does. It condemns us. It convicts us. It doesn't give us eternal life. Chapter 3, verse 19. We know what things so the law saith. It saith to them that are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped. And all the world may become guilty before God. Did you get that? Back to chapter 2. Uh, to the Jew first, also to the Greek. Uh, and the verse 10 that nobody gets, nobody makes that, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for there is no respect of persons with God. I don't care if you were born a Gentile, so was I. I don't care if you were born a Jew, God's chosen people, and yes, they are. Not were, are, 
and he still has a plan for them. We'll get to that. Chapter 9, 10, 11 is all about Israel. We'll understand about Israel. It'd be very, very exciting, and it's good to know. Because there's the churches, whole churches teach God's plan for the Jews. It's history. It's all done. They rejected Christ. They're anathema. Really? You go back and read uh, Genesis chapter 12 and the unconditional promises made to a man called Abraham that we inherit through Abraham, faithful Abraham, and that's in Galatians chapter 3. We don't have time to go there right now, especially today and especially right now. But God's not done with Israel. If God changes his mind about his chosen people, what makes you think he won't change his mind about you? I don't know if I want to worship a God who's fickle. Adam, his eternal life. Eternal is eternal. Ah, you sinned. You lost. Loser. Out of the pool. Wait, what? What happened to I'll never leave you or forsake you. Is God good to his word or isn't he? Does God keep his promises or don't he? Let's keep moving. I'm not, and he's no respecter of persons. I like that. He plays favorite. Suze tells me that she's God's favorite. I agree with her, but so are you, and so am I. There is no respect of persons with God. For as many as have sinned without law shall also perish without law. But as many as have uh, sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. Now we're coming to the third group. Let's call it nomianism. You say, I have no idea what... It's rule keepers. The two biggest churches that I know of in the world, two biggest faith groups, I should say, in the world, are Catholics and uh, Islam. I think Islam is bigger, I don't know. They're both about a, mil- a billion people, okay? And they're both nomianisms, nomianistic. No- they both are rule keepers. This is what you do. If you're Islam, you pray five times a day. You get a, uh, you know, go to Mecca once, once in your lifetime. You've got a blah, 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 blah. If you're Catholic, you have a different set of rules to accomplish. You've got to uh, receive the sacraments as often as possible. Confession at least once a year. You've got to go to church every Sunday or it's a mortal sin. You've got rules that you've got to keep. And in case you don't keep the rules, there are mechanisms in place to get you back on track to start keeping the rules again. Now, anyone would come and try to challenge me about this, you will lose. Oh, you will so lose. There are saved Catholics, and I'm not saying different. I was one, okay? I got born again. I was still in the Catholic Church. So if that's your argument, no argument, okay? But if you think Catholics are saved by grace through faith, you might know a Catholic who ascribes to that. But the church, a hundred anathemas on you if you believe salvation is simply by turning your life to Jesus Christ and asking him to save you, like scriptures clearly say. That's going to be the gospel. We'll see that. We'll see that clearly. But and Mormons are in the same bag. Jehovah's Witnesses are in the same bag. Most all churches that I know, most all uh, faith movements that I know, there's do this, don't do that. And there's a list. And they change, they vary slightly from church to church, from faith to faith, from religion to religion. You don't go to heaven by keeping rules. And this is what we understand here. For as many as have sinned without law, that's to say Gentiles, we don't have the law. Are you a sinner? Oh yeah. You're going to perish outside of the law. I don't have Torah, I don't have Moses. 
Okay, I'm a, I'm a Gentile. I'm, a, I'm the man on the island. What happens to me? You're going to perish outside of the law. Perish. Go to hell. No, really? Yes. And as many as have sinned in the law, what are we talking about? Jews. Or Torah keepers, whether you're Jewish or not. You'll be judged by the law. What's the judgment? Condemnation on both Jew and Gentile. Why? Well, let's, let's find out. For not the hearers of the law are just before God. I was born Jewish and they told me, I went to synagogue and they told me what the law said. They told me all about Moses. Not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law. Who's that? Nobody. Nobody keeps the law perfectly. James tells us this. This isn't surprises. I look at you and some of you are looking at, oh, wait a second, I don't know about... Nobody keeps the law. James says if you keep the whole law and you offend in one point, you're a lawbreaker of the whole law that God said, do this and don't do this. And, well, you can say, I did, I did this, but I didn't do this. I'm okay. No. No, that's back to... No. <laughs> you're a lawbreaker. Uh, Paul says, I was doing pretty good. I was scoring myself as doing pretty good. I got to the commandments, says, thou shalt not covet. And I went, ah, I'm undone. I'm, all, I'm, I'm toast because I'm a covetous man. You see how that works? He didn't commit adultery. He didn't murder. Well, he did murder people, but that's a story for another time. He, he, he thought he was keeping the whole law. And on one point, he tripped up and he was a lawbreaker. I would suggest to you, you're not keeping every point of the law whether you have your own law or whether you follow Torah, the law of Moses. Uh, it's not the hearers. For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature things con contained in the law, these having not the law are law unto themselves. Okay, God says, you got law? You got your own law? I'll judge you by your own law. Say, that's very magnanimous of him. You're not going to keep your own law. Every one of us say, uh, uh, and by the way, we all do this. Why do we have this saying, nobody's perfect? Because we know that we're not, we don't keep our own law, no matter what our law is. Most cultures all over the world who are, uh, have the advantage of Moses or not know that adultery is wrong. In Rainforest tribes, they have this marriage, they have a ceremony, they get together and they have marriage. And they don't commit adultery unless they know, then they know it's wrong when they do. Long before the missionaries show up and start teaching them adultery is wrong, they're like, yeah, we know. People know that murder's wrong. Long before the missionaries show up with, with a Bible in hand saying, yeah, you shouldn't be killing each other. God says, whatever law you subscribe to, you don't keep it. And this is what these verses are saying. When the Gentiles, which have not the law, read here Torah, do by nature the things contained in the law, these having not the law are law unto themselves. So I'll judge them by their own law, God's saying. How will they fare? Not so well. There is none righteous, no, not one. And by the way, it's no good. It's no good, because I, I see people do this. This is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. Until I do it, then it's... Uh, you know how that works? And it's kind of a sliding scale. We shoot the arrow, wherever it lands, we paint the target around it, we hit the bullseye every time. It doesn't work that way. If we say things are wrong and then we do them, we're going against our own conscience. God's saying, yeah, don't do that. 
If you're trying to, by rules, make God happy, you'll be the first person in the history of the forever that it ever happened to. There is none righteous. No, not one. And you ain't the one. Uh, that's a wonderful relief. You don't have to be the one. And God still has a mechanism in place to bring you to himself. We just haven't got there yet, but we'll go. We're going there, okay? These don't have the law, but they're a law unto themselves. They show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts, the meanwhile, accusing or else excusing one another. You see? Uh, in, in the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel, uh, so he's talking about judge, judgment and whether you're excusing or accusing, it, it, it doesn't work out. It's not going to work out for you. Uh, I think a lot of people think, oh, I'll con God when I get there. I think, well, I think quick on my feet, I'll be okay. No, <laughs> no, that's such a bad plan. Uh, I got a good plan. It's called the gospel. We're getting there, okay? Um, now, the fourth group, okay, we've come across pagans, uh, moralists, nomianists, and I think, by the way, that most categories of Americans are either, well, they're all, they're all that, this spread across the spectrum. But rational people, you know, they, they think they're keeping rules. They've made the rules themselves, and they keep the rules, and they're nominists, and they think that's going to be okay. And here we're, we learn that's not okay at all. Okay? And, and when we find out that, that no, nobody's perfect, right, they'll say things like, uh, well, you know, okay, I may cheat on my taxes, but I didn't, I didn't cheat like hundreds of thousands of people like Enron. And they always, the problem with keeping the rules, you always find somebody who's keeping them less than you, and you compare themselves, you, ourselves with them, and we compare favorably, so we're okay. We think God's not as holy as God is, and we think our sins aren't as bad as they are. That's all we do. Okay, maybe I pour my oil out in the backyard, and I know I shouldn't do that, but at least I didn't spill like millions of gallons like you know, Exxon Valdez, or, or I didn't screw up the Gulf like British Petroleum did with their big oil. So we, we look at somebody who's worse than us. Okay, I may have murdered somebody, but I didn't kill six million Jews, so I'm really not that bad. Hitler becomes the, as long as we're better than Hitler, we're all good. Right? By the way, all these systems have a, a reason, when, when you break the rules, they have a way to get you back in okayness with God. In Catholicism, I know that the best, you're not going to keep the rules, but, so we have confession. You go to the priest, yeah, I did this, 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 and this. Okay, say three Hail Marys and you're cool. Why is there a mechanism in place if rules get you to heaven? Because we don't keep our own rules. Whether you have Moses' law or whether you don't. Okay? Now, fourth category is Jews. They're not pagans. They, I would argue that today's Jew is more nomian as just keep, keeps the rules. Yeah, but they're God's rules. They're a good set of rules. Yeah, but they are. The law is wonderful, but you ain't keeping it. Now, I would argue today, you couldn't keep it. I ask any Jew, how was your uh, Yom Kippur observance? Just went by a couple weeks ago, last month, right? Well, yeah, a month and a half ago. How was your Yom Kippur observance? What do you mean? Well, did you kill a 
a, uh, a goat uh, and let the scapegoat off into the wilderness? The law prescribes that. You didn't do that? You weren't part of that? Oh, you're in, you're in a heap of trouble with God. He's, he, he prescribed these rules that you're not keeping. Anyway, uh, but I know what the rules say, and I'm doing the best I can with them. It's not the hearers of the law that are just before God, but the doers, and there are no doers. But let's keep moving. You call a Jew, you rest in the law, and you make us your boast of God. You know his will and approve the things that are more excellent, being instructed out of the law. By the way, all those things are true. And you're confident that you yourself are a guide of the blind, a light of them which are in darkness. An instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, which hast the form of knowledge and of the truth in the law. Thou therefore which teachest another, teachest thou not thyself? Thou that preachest the man should not steal, dost thou steal? And by the way, the answer is yes. How do you mean? Well, a lot of ways. Cheating on your taxes, for instance, or, or just flat out taking things that don't belong to you. You say a man should not commit adultery, but do you commit adultery? And again, if, you, if our standard is Matthew chapter 5, I, uh, sometimes I go uh, home a different way, especially when I'm trying to look for deer and stuff or we're driving along. Uh, we go to the Durham Bridge Road. It's on the other side of the lake, uh, Sebastopol, from where we live. And uh, there's a guy that has a sign, true Christians uh, live by the Sermon on the Mount. I thought, how cute are you? <laughs> I never met a Christian who lived by the Sermon on the Mount. Now, we read the sermon. It's wonderful. It's good. It's godly. It's no one's arguing it. Who does it? Who's the guy who never commits adultery in his heart and never has? I don't want to indict all you guys, but I don't know the guy. Who's, who's the guy who's never been angry with anyone wanted to kill him? I, I never met that guy, and certainly he's not this guy, okay? I try to make it to a whole day without, trying to kill, without wanting to kill somebody, and I think I had a good day. And we'll, we'll, we'll do it a day at a time. But if I want to, okay, look at my whole life, Lord, and look at and judge me according. No. No, that, no, it's not going to go well. You say that people should not commit adultery. Do you commit adultery? Thou that abhorrest idols, dost thou commit sacrilege? And commit sacrilege means rob temples. Uh, thou that makest thy boast of the law, through breaking the law, dishonorest thou God? The answer, by the way, is, well, yeah, obviously. For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through you, as it is written. For circumcision, well, I got circumcision. I'm, I'm a, I have a commitment. I have a covenant. Uh, I'm not going to hell. I'm circumcised. That's the, what they say. Is that what you'd put all your confidence in? Well, let's read. For circumcision verily profiteth, if thou keep the law that you don't keep, But if thou be a breaker of the law, and you are, your circumcision is counted for uncircumcision. So Father Abraham is at the gates of hell, according to some Jewish mystics and Jewish theology. And everyone who's circumcised, he kind of snatches them before they go into hell and takes them and gets them ready to go to heaven. That's 
wonderful incorrect theology. No, that's got nothing to do with it. Uh, you think of some of the, you know, wicked kings of Israel. Were they circumcised? Yeah. God say, uh, you know, on Judgment Day to Ahab, wicked king married to Jezebel. Are you circumcised? Oh, yeah. Come on in. Come on in. I know you massacred your children. You, you, you sacrificed them to Molech and you, you made them pass through the fire, but you're circumcised. You're cool. Is anyone here buying anything that I'm saying? That's, that is ridiculous on the face of it. But here's their argument. I'm circumcised. I got a covenant with God. Yeah, but your circumcision... And by the way, we should know this. We just got finished Deuteronomy. How many times did we read, uh, hey, what I'm looking for is a circumcision of your heart. And he's going to go on and he's going to say that here. Circumcision, verily, it, it, it profits if you keep the law. Um, by the way, are you keeping the law? Verse 10 of chapter 3, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They all together become unprofitable. You don't have to be Ahab before this is true of you. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Uh, I'll read the rest of it, but it, it doesn't end well. And of course it culminates in verse 19. All the world may become guilty before God. The Ahabs and the Ahabs among us, which I think we all qualify for at one level or another. Again, if we say, well, I haven't, I haven't sacrificed my children to, the, to, the, to Molech. I haven't made them pass through the fire. If that's what you're counting on to be okay with God, the stuff that we do, we, we, we don't take God's righteousness seriously and we take our own sin not so seriously. That's always it. That sliding scale will, will trip us up every time. Uh, the, the circumcision, verse 25, it profiteth if you keep the law, but if you be a break of the law, and all are, thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. So here you are, you're back to being intact again. As far as God sees, as far as God counts it. And shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature. By the way, that's, he's talking about the Gentile world. Now, I get to talk about this a little bit. Don't you envy me? I love talking about circumcision on a Sunday morning. Uh, it's, a, it's a pact. It's a sign of a covenant with God, right? That's, that's the whole thing. And God's looking for a circumcised heart, Okay which means unalloyed, we're, we're his. But when he's talking about uncircumcised, a lot of people get circumcised now. There's uh, doctors who believe in that, that they believe it's, it's healthy for um, hy hygiene purposes. There are religions who still do that, Jew, Islam, and then there's all people who get circumcised for, again, hygienic reasons that um, you may be here circumcised male even you know guys, guys don't talk about this we don't we don't talk about this even my best friends I don't know 
nor do I care, okay? We, we don't, we, it's not something like we, we, we talk about or it, it's not like a thing, okay? Uh, if your parents determined that should be you, it wasn't, it wasn't for religious reasons probably, unless your parents are Jewish or you were brought up in a Muslim household. It, it's like not a thing. It might be a hygiene thing and that, that's it, Okay? And so when he's talking about uncircumcision, he's talking about those who are outside of Israel. Because most 600 years from now, Islam will start. 600 years from the time of this writing. But there wasn't at that time Islam. He wasn't referring to that. So he's referring to the whole Gentile world who doesn't know or practice circumcision. Let's look at it that way. So, um, and shall not uncircumcision Gentiles which by nature, if they fulfill the law, they judge thee, who by the letter and circumcision doth transgress the law. Sometimes Gentiles are more righteous than Jewish people, he's saying. Aren't they, don't they become your judges? You're circumcision, that's what you're counting on. If you haven't obeyed the law, you're, as far as God's concerned, you're uncircumcised. And these people who are uncircumcised, if they're keeping the law better than you, don't they become your judges? Now, having them become your judges doesn't mean they're saved. Because still, chapter 3, verse 10, we still have to, that's an obstacle that we still haven't. So you're, you're uncircumcised, but you're doing pretty good. Don't try to make that your boast. That, no. That's a weak place to stand. But you're, you're, you're doing better than people who are circumcised. And he's talking to the Jews. And he's saying, you're just as guilty as everybody else. Yeah, I know you got Moses, but you don't listen to Moses. Didn't Jesus say that in the day? Jesus is walking among us. You know what your problem is? You don't listen to Moses. If you listen to Moses, you'd love me. And they didn't. Think about somebody who got the first five books of the Torah memorized, a Pharisee. And Jesus said, you know what your problem is? You don't, you don't keep Mosaic law. That's your problem. They wanted to kill him. Was, that, was there a law in place that said they could do that? No. No. You remember? Uh, he, he, the guy with the withered hand, he healed him on the Sabbath. And they were really upset with Jesus for healing somebody on the Sabbath. Is there a, a rule that says you couldn't heal anybody on the Sabbath? Not that I know of. Was that breaking the Sabbath? Mm, doesn't really cover that in the law at all. So they go about plotting to kill Jesus on the Sabbath. That they think is so holy. Now, let's think of this here. Uh, I know my time's dwindling, but I only got a few more points. I told you it would be over, but, so just relax. Think about this. You can't heal somebody on the Sabbath. You deserve damnation. We can plot the Messiah's death on the Sabbath, and we're okay. Now you understand this passage. We strain at the gnat, and we swallow the camel. But we all do that. If you're sitting here thinking, boy, those, those uh, Jewish people, that's Sanhedrin, those Pharisees, they're really bad. Yeah, like us. God's no, he doesn't play favorites. We're all in the, 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 the wrath category, the righteous category. Guess what? We're all in the wrath category. You're not keeping the rules enough. You're not, not judgmental enough. You're not unpagan enough. You're not, not Jewish enough. If you're 
trying to keep by those categories, you're trying to please God, you, you're not making it. That's where we're going, okay? I, I give you the end from the beginning. That's why chapter 2 isn't so tough. Shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature, if it fulfill the law, judge thee, who by the letter and circumcision doth transgress the law. Remember, he said, um, the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through you. You got the law, but you ain't keeping the law. They say, look at their God. He ain't, he ain't much. They're just as bad as we are. And by and large, they are right. For he is not a Jew which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh. He is a Jew which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart. Again, it shouldn't surprise us. We just got through, Gen uh, through Deuteronomy. How many times in Deuteronomy does God call for a circumcision of the heart? He is a Jew which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit and not in the letter. You, one of these letter people, you're looking, wait for people to mess up by the letter of the law. It's, that's not what it's all about anyway. Uh, the, he is a Jew which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit and not in the letter whose praise is not of men, but of God. If you're keeping the law of God in your heart and actually doing it, God will praise you. Is anyone here doing that? Hey, listen, as, you're, as a Christian, being led by the Spirit of God, and that's what it's talking about, not the letter of the law, but by the Spirit of God, you can, you can do pretty good. You can do pretty good. It, not enough to inherit eternal life, but the Spirit of God driving you? Yeah, and, and is God... Like, you're overcoming sin in your life. You're overcoming fear. You're overcoming bitterness. You're not uh, subject. You're not slave to the, uh, the, the sin that used to so easily beset you. Good job. Um, your praise is, of, is not of men, but of God. And there is those, those people. Uh, you didn't earn it. Don't get that. Don't go there. But you're, can you live the life? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's what we're addressing here. Now, chapter 3 kind of closes the loop and finishes anyone off who thinks they might have made it through Paul's net. Of course, nobody did. Um, and, but then it kind of turns and starts talking about, okay, we're all, we're all damned, we're all hopeless, we're all helpless, there's nothing we can do, there's not enough rules, there's not enough idols to worship, there's, not enough, there's nothing we can do. Let's go kill ourselves. This is, this is horrible. No, there's, no, don't go there. There is something. God has a way. But before we... And why doesn't everyone accept God's way? Because we haven't given up on our own way yet. It's just that easy. It's just that easy. People think, yeah, if I do this and if I do this, I'll be all set. God's saying, no. Give up on whatever methodology that's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. Give up on that to get you into heaven. Your friends aren't, aren't there. They haven't given up yet. We, you talk, with this, talk about this all day with them. And they have their own methodology for getting into heaven. And each one is, is equally bad as the next. They all end in damnation. But 
There is a gospel of Jesus Christ, and there is a way to make it okay with God, to be okay with God, other than these, way, these ways that don't work that we've outlined. I know, we end on a downer here. It's chapter 2. I can't teach the whole book, right? So next, uh, next time we get together, we'll talk about the right way. Um, most of us, I, I, I don't think I'll be letting the cat out of the bag. Most of us know the right way. That's why we're here on Sunday morning instead of uh, a million other places. Let's stand, let's, uh, let's worship God. And uh, Let's pray. Father, I think it's a wonderful thing to not have to come up with my own righteousness to please you. Um, I didn't always think that way, but I'm, I'm happy now, Lord, that there is none righteous, no, not one. I don't have to be the one to please you in and of my own strength in the flesh. Uh, when we adopt that, we understand that, it gets a lot of pressures off us now. Lord, help us. I don't know if all the people I'm talking to are committed to your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. But Lord, help us to get to the place where we share the gospel and that we're all, we find ourselves all on the same page. All of us together, uh, trusting Christ for our salvation. In the interim, may the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord... Lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Amen.